Silver Spoons podcast. How's everybody doing this snowy Saturday? I'm keeping warm. I got a blanket on. <laughs> Yesterday we saw the first snowfall of 2018 and it's chilly. It's in the 30s. Tomorrow's supposed to be better, but um, yeah, this is how it's going to be for the winter. Me curled up in a blanket recording a podcast. So today, I'm going to be talking about Season 1, Episode 11, entitled A Little Magic. This episode aired on December 4th, 1982. Based on Derek's advice and a misunderstood conversation, Ricky is convinced Kate has fallen in love with him. You gotta stop listening to Derek, bud. You really do. He's not helping you at all. Determined to find someone else for her, he decides to play matchmaker between Kate and his father. Well, someone was going to set him up eventually, because, you know, these two are destined to be together. This episode has a 7.8 out of 10 rating, based on 31 ratings. There's no trivia. The soundtrack's That Old Black Magic, uncredited music by Harold Arlen, lyrics by Johnny Mercer, and performed by Frankie DeVol. I do have a new like on the Punky Power podcast page. Andrew DeCoste, D-E-C-O-S-T-E. Thank you, Andrew, for liking the podcast page. I hope you're enjoying listening to Silver Spoons and Punky Brewster. On Instagram, Twitter, and the Facebook page for Punky Power, I did post a trivia question for a shout-out. The question was, what is the name of Punky's doll in this episode? The picture is from Season 1. We have Punky and Alan dressed as doctors. Cherry is dressed... Brandon's dressed like a nurse, and uh, Cherry's kind of dressed kind of like a nurse. But, um... Yes, I gotta give a shout out to Lauren, who got the correct answer. Punky's doll's name is Mai. Of course, then she gets another doll at the end of the episode, who she names, I believe she names Henrietta. Henrietta. I'm trying to think what the doll, that butter lettuce baby doll that she got. Dorinda May or something like that? Delinda? Dorinda? Something like that. So I'm kind of been tooling around, thinking to myself, aside from, you know, you have Punky Brewster, all the seasons of Punky Brewster for the podcast. Now you have Silver Spoons, which is going to, in January, go to its second season. I would like to start adding some other content for the podcast, so it's not just those two. And I'm just kind of thinking, if I do something else, it's it's probably going to be like twice a month. So I'm still on the fence about what I want to do 
So I'll uh, when I decide, I will post that on the Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook page. So before I officially start the episode, I always like to say to the new listeners that if you're just tuning in, thank you. And if you'd like to follow along with the podcast, you can do so at... There are many ways to follow along with the Silver Spoons podcast. You can do so at the Punky Power PB podcast on Instagram or the Silver Spoons podcast. You can also go on Facebook to the Punky Power podcast page or the Silver Spoons page or the Twitter, which is Punky Power PB podcast slash Silver Spoons podcast. So many, many ways to connect with the podcast. If you'd like to shoot me an email, I'd love to hear from you. You can do so at either Punky Power PB podcast at gmail.com or Silver Spoons podcast at gmail.com. So whatever show you want to talk about, if you want to message me, I'd love to hear from you. If you've been a listener for a while and you really love the podcast, I'd love if you would go to iTunes and go to the Punky Power page there and leave a review and a rating that always helps get the podcast get more noticed. So, all right, without further ado, let's jump right into this episode. Kate is working at the desk, and behind her, through the windows, we see the train coming past with Edward and a blonde woman. Who is this blonde girl? I already don't like her. That blonde woman is played by Sharon Stone, who plays some ditzy woman, I think. This woman is dressed like she's a stewardess, or she's... She works on a ship or something. She's got one of those sailorish type hats with a blue skirt and a long light blue button-up shirt. With and she's wearing heels. Where did you find this woman, Edward? Okay, her name is Debbie. Edward calls her. I see she kissed him on the cheek because he's got a lips uh, lipstick. Uh, Smush on his face. Oh, the look. Kate is shooting daggers at this woman as Edward takes his conductor's head off and gives it to Debbie. And Kate is just like, who is this woman? I don't like her here. So this girl's being cutesy, calling him Edzy Woo or whatever, and... Complaining about why that the train, like, runs out of gas in the same spot. And he's like, oh, you mean the tunnel? (laughs) Oh, and Kate is just using the stamp that she has to uh, stamp uh, these papers that she's filling out. She's slamming that down on the table. She is P.O.'d. Okay, she's a meter maid. Okay, so she's... Oh, I see her badge. Okay. Where did you meet her? Was she writing you a ticket? This woman sounds like a complete airhead. And I'm not saying that because she's blonde either. She just sounds really flighty. I'm going to play this clip. I don't like her. And I'm with Kate. It's like, get out of here, lady. Kate, I want you to meet somebody. Debbie, this is my secretary, Kate. Tell 
the story of how we first met. Oh, oh I'll never forget it. He was parked in the red zone. Yeah. That's it. Great story. Thanks. You told it so well. It's a gift. Debbie, before we go out to lunch, I want you to meet my son, Rick. Oh, golly gee. I'd love to meet your little boy. Itsy witsy. But I left my car in a no-parking zone, and I'd hate to have to give myself a ticket. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. You just go and move your little cart, and I'll join you in just a minute, okay? Uh, isn't she something, Kate? Yeah, she's really something. Edward, don't you think she's a little overcarbonated? <laughs> no, Kate, she's just enthusiastic. One thing I like, it's enthusiasm. Especially in the tunnel. <laughs> yeah, it shows. <laughs> Kate, I want you to send Debbie a dozen roses at the police station, okay? Oh, I'd be thrilled. <laughs> Golly gee, do you think she'd like red ones, huh? That's great, Kate. You sound just like her. It's a gift. So, Edward was going to introduce Debbie to Rick. I, Ricky, I'd really like to see what his impression of this lady would have been. Like, this lady's not going to be my new mom. I'll tell you that right now, Pops. No, thank you. Uh, uh, Ricky's a good judge of character. Why are you... What? Because she's bubbling? She's fun? I <laughs> I love Kate's comment about, don't you think she's a little over-caffeinated? At first I was like, don't you think she seems a little young? I mean, he's in his 30s. Well, in, he's got to be well into his 30s. And she's got to be in her early 20s. <laughs> I don't know. I, just, I don't like her. And she leaves because she's parked in the quote-unquote red zone. Where did she park? He he lives in a mansion. He's got a lot of land. Uh, where in the world is this place? <laughs> she leaves, thank goodness. She keeps calling him Edzy Wedzy. Ugh. And Kate does a bang-up job with uh, her impression of Debbie. <laughs> uh, so, okay, so that's why that little um, napkin thing was kind of tucked underneath uh, Kate's belt against her dress was because uh, she wiped that lipstick smear off of uh, Edward's face. Okay, she decides to head upstairs, probably go talk to Ricky. <laughs> so... Yeah, now she's got to order roses for this floozy. <sighs> so Kate comes up to the boys' room. Or boys' room. Why am I saying that? He does not share a room with Derek. No, um, Ricky and Edward. Oh, my goodness, guys. I'm sorry I cannot talk today. 
Ricky and Derek are up there, and Ricky's playing with this motorized little tank thing. I notice, like, he's wearing, like, fancy dress, light brown dress shoes with Argyle socks. And I look at Derek's shoes, because we get a shot of his shoes. He's not wearing any socks. He's just wearing slip-on, like, loafers. Oh, there's a giant stuffed raccoon in the corner of the bedroom. Oh, that's cool. Derek has definitely got a big, major crush on Kate. As soon as she walks in the door, he, like, jumps out of his seat. Like, hi, Miss Summers. Like, whoa, calm yourself, Derek. Sit your butt down. She's not here to see you. So she came up there to give Ricky a present. It's a comic book. A Fantastic Four where... The Hulk meets the thing. Interesting. So Kate looks at Ricky. He's got the um, Argyle sweater vest and his shirt underneath. No, wait, no, that's just an Argyle sweater. That's not a sweater vest. But his bottom shirt is kind of untucked. He's like, oh, Ricky, you look like a mess. Here, let me help you tuck your shirt into your pants, and I'm like, please, Kate, you do not need to be sticking your fingers underneath that boy's waistband. Let him take, he is 12 years old. Let him do it himself. <laughs> I know you want to help, but you're not his stepmother yet. <laughs> so she wipes some dirt off his face with the same uh, napkin that she used for Edward's face, and then she proceeds to kiss Ricky on both cheeks. Like, oh, that's sweet. Derek sees this, and he puts some schmutz from the bottom of his shoe on his face, hoping that Kate will kiss him on the face. Like, no, son, it's not, she's not going to do that to you. So Kate goes to leave, and Derek runs up to her like, oh, Miss Summers, I think I have a little dirt on my face here. And she just looks like, oh, yeah, you, you do. Bye. She just leaves. Like, I'm not wiping your face for you. Nice try. She can see through Derek. It's said that Edward supposedly cannot. Of course, when Kate leaves, Derek's like, geez, some nerds have all the luck. And Ricky just looks at him like, I don't know what you're talking about. What's going on, Derek? Come on. 
So, Derek proclaims that Kate has the hots for Ricky. She is a grown woman. She's not going to want a 12-year-old boy. This isn't Mary Kay Letourneau. <laughs> I'm so... <laughs> I love Ricky's comeback here as he looks at Derek like, Derek, I think your athlete's foot is spread to your brain. So, Derek said, come on, Ricky, don't you read Cosmopolitan? He reads, of course Derek would read Cosmo. He tells Ricky, well, it says that older women go for younger guys. Yeah, cougars who are in their 50s are probably going for guys that are, like, in their early 20s. Not 30-something-year-old women going after 12-year-olds. Come on, Derek, I don't... Ugh. Always fill in Ricky's head. He's just like how Margot would fill Punky's head with a bunch of gunk. So, Ricky's not buying into this. He just turns to face Derek and says, Derek, I think what that article is actually saying is it means that women are going for guys a, excuse me, a couple years younger than them, not decades younger. That's exactly what Ricky said. Not a couple decades. So, Derek decides to get a little scientific here and states how, because Kate is pushing 30, so she's probably, what, 28, 29? That she's about ready to hit the change. Kid, you don't know a dang thing about what you're talking about. Women don't hit, quote-unquote, the change till at least their, what, late 40s, early 50s? She's still got a long ways to go. I'm 36, and I haven't hit that yet. Although, I hear it's not fun. He's talking about menopause. The change of life, as Derek refers to it, and Ricky asks, well, what's that? And Derek says, that's when women lose all their hormones. I think Derek is referring to the fact that because they, he says they lose their hormones, Ricky says, well, where do they go? And Derek's like, well, they dry up. I think you may be referring to their cycle or their eggs. They don't produce as many eggs, so that way, you know, as you get older, the chances of you having a child are very, very unlikely. And you're able to be able to get out there and do what you want to do without the fear of being pregnant, I guess. I, this kid, I don't know. Where is he? Is he getting all of this from Cosmo? I've read Cosmo, okay? I really think all it talks about is your G-spot and how to get um, <laughs> orgasms and get attractive guys and rate your guy on this quiz or rate yourself on this quiz. Stuff like that. So it makes it seem like Kate is desperate. She wants to have one last fling before her hormones dry up. Like, what? Oh, before she has a stroke or something. Good grief! This kid is harsh. She really is harsh. What are you talking about? Well, don't you realize what's going on yet? Kate's got the hots for you. <laughs> Derek, I think your athlete's foot is finally spread to your brain. <laughs> Come on. I mean, don't you read Cosmopolitan? And what's happening now is that older women are going for younger guys. <laughs> Derek, that article probably means that they're going for guys a couple of years younger than them. 
Not a couple of decades. <laughs> You're so dense. Here, let me give you a scientific explanation. Kate's pushing 30, right? So that means she's going through the change of life. <laughs> What's the change of life? That's when women lose all their hormones. <laughs> Where do their hormones go? <laughs> they dry up. <laughs> See, women can feel them drying up, so they get real desperate for men. <laughs> Kate just wants to have one last fling before she has a stroke or something. Eric, <laughs> you're making all this up. It's ridiculous. It's just not true. And I don't want to hear any more about it. So downstairs, Kate grabs the mail that's on the counter there, or the table, and the doorbell rings. It's Leonard, who's come to have Edward sign a tax return. So he asks where Edward is, and Kate says, oh, he's out with some airhead parking meter person. Parking meter attendant. Yeah, well, I said the woman was an airhead, too. I mean, she clearly is. Kate's jealous. I wonder if Leonard might pick up on this. Was I right or was I right? The minute I said that, he's like, do I detect a little bit of jealousy? Yeah, she's jealous, guy. Hi, Leonard. Hi, Kate. Where's Edward? Need him to sign his tax return. He's out on a date with some airhead meter maid. <laughs> do I detect a little jealousy? should I be jealous? If Edward wants to make a fool of himself by going out with some adolescent brainless bimbo. <laughs> Sorry, I guess I was way off base. Yes, you were. Edward's my boss. A relationship between us couldn't possibly work. But you really care about him, huh? Yes, I do. He has a special childlike quality. <laughs> I think he's ready for a mature relationship. I hope so. Right now, he's just going through life enjoying himself without a care in the world. Why, just this morning, I had to wipe his face for him. If I hadn't, he would have walked right out the door totally oblivious. So why don't you tell him how you feel? No. It's an impossible situation. Leonard, please, don't mention this to anybody. Don't worry, Kate. I'll keep you secret. Thanks, Leonard. It's good to have somebody to talk to. I'm so confused about this whole thing. I'm going through so many changes in my life. Well, I have to go, Kate. Oh. I hope you get what you want. You deserve it. Thanks, Leonard. So... Pretty much Kate is telling Leonard, like, what you're, th what you're talking about is nonsense. I mean, Edward is my boss. I just, a relationship between the two of us just would not work out. But Leonard's like, well, you do care about him. And she's like, yeah, I do. And then she goes in to say about how he had some schmutz on his face and I wiped it off with a napkin. If he'd have went out, he would have looked terrible or or something to that effect. And the thing is, Derek and... Ricky are at the top of the stairs. Leonard and Kate are oblivious of them even being there. But the thing is, they come into the frame just 
after Leonard mentions Edward. So now it makes it sound like she's referring to Ricky because she mentioned the schmutz on the face that she had to clean off. And she's talking about a mature relationship and everything. Do you think that he's ready and everything? You know, and, you know, like I said, they're talking about Edward and how Kate says that he's just like a big kid sometimes not taking things seriously. So. I can see in a way where... Oh, and she mentions the thing about how she's going through changes. So a lot of what Derek said is now seeming to come true in Ricky's mind when he's hearing all of this. Like, um... Yeah, this isn't, <laughs> they're just, the boys are shocked, and I love how Derek starts, like, pretending to wipe stuff off Ricky's face, like, like, okay, don't, don't, don't do that. <laughs> so, that is how Ricky thinks, oh, great, Kate r is really into me, like, she wants me, or something like that. Like, <sighs> it's a misunderstanding. You walk in late to a conversation, you misread or misinterpret things. Oh, she says that he has a special childlike quality. Okay, I gotcha. Okay, okay, so Leonard says, do you think that he's ready for a mature relationship? And Kate's like, I hope so. And I'm sure Ricky's like, whoa, what, what does this mean? <laughs> I, I'm not ready for any type of a relationship. And Kate kind of goes on about how Edward is, like, just enjoying himself without a care in the world. It's like, yeah, because he's a millionaire. He really, all he needs to do is, like, sign off on documents and attend, like, parties and stuff and banquets and be honored at stuff. But other than that, I mean, he doesn't have any real responsibilities. Which, I mean, I'm sure anyone would love that kind of lavish lifestyle. So Leonard kind of says, Kate, why don't you tell El Edward how you feel about him? And she's like, no, it's an impossible situation. I can't. Just please promise me you won't say anything to him. It's like, yeah, because she feels like if she mentions something, if she admits her feelings to him and he rejects her, how is it going to work? They're not going to be able to work together because there's always going to be that wall there or... <sighs> Well, she says don't mention it to anybody. She didn't say don't mention it to Edward, but she probably means definitely don't mention that to him. And she's just confused, and she's happy that she's able to at least get these feelings out. So she, in a way, she is admitting, yes, she does have feelings for him. She doesn't want to act on them because she'll jeopardize her job. And I think the fact that the, uh, seeing Edward with this girl did bring out the green monster in her. She did. That I think that... That's how those feelings came to light. If that, if he had been with any other girl, I think still those feelings would have come to light. And because it's an airhead parking meter maid, like, Edward, you can do a thousand times better. You really, really can. You were right, Derek. Kate is in love with me. So, Leonard leaves and Kate kind of goes back to the desk and 
Derek just turns to look at Ricky like, oh my gosh, man, you're in it now. And the camera, like, centers in on a close-up of Ricky's face. He's like, you were right, Derek. Kate is in love with me. So he decides to have a conversation with her. Like, I need to nip this thing in the bud now. Otherwise, it's gonna just not be good. (laughs) So Ricky sees Kate at the desk. You know, I don't know. Edward's got to be out there with the, the Debbie, the meter maid lady. So, just let's clear the air. Everything be said and done. So she turns and sees him there. She's like, "Oh, hi, Ricky!" And he couldn't be farther across her room from her. As he's like, kind of touch. He's going along the side of where the arcades are, the arcade consoles are, and he's like, kind of like bumping up against him, like, I need to keep my distance from her. I thought he was going to talk to her. What's he doing in his dad's office? Oh, we see Phil. He's got green shorts, a tan brown mustard uh, shirt, and a yellow visor. Maybe Ricky's going to talk to Phil. Oh, Edward's there? I thought he was off with what's her yap. Okay. He does say hi to Phil. So he decides to go to Edward for advice. He says there's a girl that's totally in love with me, but I just, it could never work out between us. And Edward kind of sits down on the desk. He's like, huh, a star-crossed lover scenario, huh? And like, kind of like Romeo and Juliet. And Ricky's like, Romeo and Juliet, how did that end? Oh, God. You've never read Romeo and Juliet. Well, he is 12. Maybe not, might not be his cup of tea. And Ricky's like, oh, I can handle it, Dad. And Edward is just kind of mulling this over, like, I really don't know. Should I tell him how it ends? It doesn't end well. They they kill themselves, basically, because they can't be together. So... Edward pretty much says, I'm think I'm, I'm not gonna, it doesn't matter what happened. Um, basically what I'm gonna tell you to do is let her down easy, be sensitive to her feelings, and he says to Ricky, you know what that's called? And Ricky's like, uh, dumping her? I'm like, uh, no, guy, that's what you do when you're actually in a relationship and you feel it's not working out. You kind of end things. No, he's, like, letting them down easily. So Ricky's like, oh, gosh, but she'd be so crushed. I was like, "Eh, I don't think she would be. But Edward devises another idea. Well, how about finding another guy for her? Like, well, that could work. So that that, he kind of puts that in Ricky's head. Like, you know what? Thanks, Dad. I think I'll do that. So Edward's like, well, you got anybody in mind? And Ricky is just looking right at his dad like, yeah, I have the perfect guy in mind. Yeah. Now he's, I think this is where he's going to set up a cute little date between Edward and Kate. Hi, Ricky. Totem pole. What's up, son? 
I need some advice. Mm. I know this girl that was totally, totally in love with me. But it could never work out. Ah, another case of star-crossed lovers, huh? You know, like Romeo and Juliet. Well, how did Romeo and Juliet handle it? <laughs> well, that's not important, son. I just level with the girl and then be sensitive to her feelings. You know what that's called, son? Dumping her? <laughs> no, that's that's called letting her down easy. Well, whatever you call it, she'd be crushed. Well, have you thought about finding another guy for her? You mean pulling her off to someone else? Yeah. That's a great idea. Got anybody in mind? So Ricky comes out of his father's office, goes over to Kate, who's opening the mail with a letter opener. Ricky goes over to her and takes her hand and both of his as he says, Kate, do you think we could sit down and talk? And he's like pulling her up. It's like, why, why are you grabbing her hand? Just ask her if you can talk to her. Because now you're making it even more weirder. Because he, he basically takes her hand and guides her over to the couch. And she's kind of looking around like, this is um weird. <laughs> so, But she looks at him like, oh, what's up? Because he's kind of kneeling on the on the couch next to her. He also grabs a box of Kleenex from the desk. Like, he's prepared to have to break her heart if he has to. If only he and Derek had been at the stairs when the conversation between Kate and Leonard had actually started, they would have heard them say Edward. So he just hands her the tissues and says, Kate, you may need these. And he starts off with saying that, you know, you're a very beautiful lady. He also adds how she's very smart and she's a snappy dresser. Dress is kind of okay. So, and so far, Kate's like, well, I really don't need these as she's holding the Kleenex. And Ricky just cuts straight to the chase. Like, Kate, I overheard you talking to Leonard. And she's like, oh, um. And Ricky just flat out says, I know you're in love with me. And the look on her face is like, ugh, what? What? (laughs) So she just kind of looks at him, like, very confused. He's like, you know, Kate, I, this just won't work out between us. Because she's trying to explain to him, like, what you heard is not, like, what you're implying here isn't exactly, you misunderstood my conversation with Leonard. But Ricky is just not hearing anything. He's just, he wants to get this out and just end things. In his mind, like, Kate's in love with me. I gotta let her down gently. That's why the Kleenex is there. So Ricky's like, hey, no, Kate, it's not your fault. I heard this thing, this new fad about older women chasing younger men. If I were her, I'd be like, um, where did you hear this from? You, if you heard it from Derek, you need to not see Derek anymore. Don't listen to Derek. He says, I just don't go for this new morality stuff. And Kate kind of puts her, um, 
her hand kind of to her her mouth a little bit. Like it's almost like Erin Gray who plays Kate Summers. Either she's trying to stifle a laugh as he's as Ricky Schroeder's getting these lines out, like, I can't even take you serious right, <laughs> right now. And he's like, well, I'm an old-fashioned guy. And I hear her laugh kind of behind her hand. Like, yeah. <laughs> I gotta hand it to the writers on this show. Some of the stuff that they're giving Ricky to work with is just comedic gold. So he thinks she's upset and crying, so he starts grabbing tissues out of the box and shoving it at her face. And, oh, cry, cry, let all the pain out. Like, and I think she's laughing is what she's doing. And he keeps saying to Kate, Kate, it's not your fault. You know, I'm not surprised that you would, and he stands up. And he's got his arms kind of posed out to his sides, like, he's making fists with his hands, like, almost trying to, show off his guns or his muscles. It's not your fault that you'd fall for. And this is the first time he's referred to himself as the Ricker. Oh my good golly goodness boy. I would be busting a gut laughing after hearing that. Oh my gosh. Now she's coughing. <laughs> yeah, she's probably like was laughing so hard behind that Kleenex that now she's like <coughs> choking on her own spit. So he gets a glass of water that's conveniently right there on the desk and gives it to her as she drinks the water. He's like, I understand that you're drying up. And the look she is just like, Ex excuse me, what, what did you just say? <laughs> drying up? She looks down right and so <laughs> after he said that. So Ricky's trying to be understanding. Like, I understand how you feel being alone at your age. You need someone. He's basically now trying to paint the picture of you need someone older and someone who's closer to your age and this and that. So he's basically trying to set things up with Kate and his dad. So he says, someone you can trust. And then he kind of is like, someone your own height. <laughs> so Kate finally gets up and goes around to the desk. And she's kind of like, collect herself here. She's taking some breaths. Like, she's really trying to, like, Ricky, wow, um, you know, this is... She's playing this up maybe for his sympathies. Or playing this up a little bit for his own benefit. Like, wow, you know, Ricky, this is a, a lot to take. And she's got that letter opener, and Ricky sees it. He's like, oh, no, no, don't do that. He, she's not going to slit her wrist, buddy. She's not going to do something that graphic. Yeah, he's like, don't, don't, you don't have to be that drastic. It's okay. <laughs> like, she's not going to go, yeah. So he says, look, I love you, but I'm not in love with you. Well cute. And he looks into her eyes and says, please don't hate me, Kate. So I'm going to play this scene, this, uh, this clip here. Hi, Kate. Hi, Ricky. Kate, can we have a talk? <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> 
I just meant to tell you that I think you're a very pretty lady. You're very smart and you're a real snappy dresser. <laughs> well, so far I don't need these. Kate, I overheard you talking to Leonard earlier today. Oh, then yes. I heard that... Yes, I heard that you're crazy in love with me. What? <laughs> but it can never work out, Kate. Ricky, let me explain. Listen. It's not your fault. I heard about this fad with older women chasing younger men. I just don't go for this new morality stuff. What can I say? I'm an old-fashioned guy. I will cry, cry, let all the pain out. But please, please do not blame yourself. I mean, it's not your fault. We we see each other every day. It's inevitable that you'd fall for... for Ricker. <laughs> I understand. You're drying up. <laughs> I realize how you must feel. Being all alone at your age, you need somebody you can talk to, somebody you can trust, somebody your own height. <laughs> Gee, uh, Ricky, uh, this is pretty hard news to take. No! Okay, go the way to the foolish! Look, look, I love you, but I'm not in love with you. Please don't hate me, Kate. Oh, I could never hate the Ricker. I'll, uh, I'll try to get over you somehow. Thanks for being so gentle with me. Sure. Just to show that we're still friends, why don't you come over tonight? We'll all have a special dinner. So we your prettiest dress, okay? Oh. So Kate looks down at Ricky and she's like, oh, well, I could, because he says, please don't hate me, Kate. And she looks down at him and says, oh, I could never hate the Ricker. That, I think that nickname he gives himself does stick for a bit, which is just weird. Uh, the Ricker? I call him, like, the Rickster. The Rickster sounds so much better. Add an S to that. And a T. So, you know, they're holding hands, and they're kind of, um... And, uh... <laughs> She says, well, I'm sure I'll get over you somehow. Thank you for being so gentle. So he says, why don't you come over for dinner tonight? We'll all have a dinner and wear your prettiest dress. The way his eyes kind of go back, almost kind of like he had to think for a second to add that last part. Or more is like 
his mind's thinking, like, for his dad's benefit, wear your nicest outfit, your nicest, beautiful dress. And she goes in to, like, give him a hug, but he, like, takes his hands and puts them, like, holding her back. Like, no, no hug. No hug. We just cleared the air here. We just talked about this. It's so funny when he does that. She just goes to lean in for a hug and his arms, like, shoot out and, like, grab her shoulders to hold her back. And he shakes his head at her like, no, we're not doing this. And he starts to walk away from her. And mind you, his hand is still in her hand. And he, like, moves farther away and she's still clasping to his hand. But then he lets go, like, with a florist, like... So long, my love. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> it's so dramatic the way he just walks away. I don't think Kate even knows what she just witnessed. Like, what is this? Okay, this next scene is very interesting how this is a... I don't know, is Ricky filming this? Because this camera angle is very, very odd. We open up the scene on um, a bottle of champagne and one of those, like, bowl, metal bowls that have, like, ice in it. But the way that it's shot with a camera, it almost looks like someone else is, like, filming, like, oh, here's the champagne. And we get a shot in the corner there of the table and the chairs and everything. Edward is looking very spiffy in that suit and tie. Very, very nice. And he, I don't even think he expected anything. I mean, I'm sure Ricky must have said, hey, I'm making a dinner for all three of us. Please wear your best. But I'm sure that he kind of thinks, well, this looks like more of a romantic setup than a dinner for two adults and a child. He's even got candles set up on little, um, little columns in different areas of, this has got to be, this is the living room. Well, no wonder, because I was like, where's that couch? That couch isn't there. They got these palm frond plants, like, throughout. It's almost like it's supposed to give it, like, a restaurant atmosphere and make it, like, a romantic setting. Yeah, I figure Edward is, like, really confused because he shouts up the stairs, like, Ricky, do you mind explaining what's going on here? What is all this stuff? Ricky says, Dad, it's fine. Just sit yourself down. I'll be right down and it'll it's going to be great. So, of course, Edward, being the big kid that he is, takes this folded napkin that's kind of folded, like, fancily. And he takes it and he puts it on his head so it looks like um, a white pirate hat or something. It's really kind of cute. So that's the doorbell. Edward goes up, takes the door opener off the table, opens it, and Kate, we can't see what she's wearing just yet, but she's got like this black um, cloak over her dress, we can see that her dress is going to be blue because the hem of the cloak is like maybe six inches, maybe four inches above the floor. 
But you can tell that when she takes that cloak off, she is going to be absolutely gorgeous. She's a gorgeous woman already, but definitely that blue dress is going to be stunning. It's going to take Edward's breath away, I bet. I am playing this clip because boy, oh boy, does she take his breath away. He is stunned and amazed. Just, wow, Kate, you you look beautiful. He, he just, it's like he's seeing her in a whole new light. <laughs> Incredible. Thank you, Edward. You look very handsome in your suit. A napkin. <laughs> I've, I've, uh, I've never seen you in a suit before. Oh, well, I haven't worn this since college. The only reason I wore it then was I had a magic act. <laughs> I was pretty good, too. I could make the whole audience disappear. <laughs> Hey, why are you so incredibly here? Well, Ricky said that... Good evening, sir. Madam? <laughs> Ricky, what's going on? Welcome to... Rick's. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, yes, yes. A table just opened up. This way, please. So it's really interesting that Edward and Kate, you know, they're used to working together. She works for him. So seeing her out of her normal work attire, and even she says, I've never seen you in a suit before. You know, I'm used to seeing you in like uh, a sweater or uh, a button down shirt. And I, it's almost like they don't know how to act with each other outside of work hours. And it's kind of cute. It's really, really cute. But of course, they have no idea that they've been set up on this date. So he kind of asks, like, what are you, you doing here? Um, and Ricky, of course, takes that moment to come down and says, sir, madam, welcome to, he calls it Rick's. And he does the curl of the lip thing. It's like, buddy, you're not Elvis. It's cute, though. As he leads Kate, like, be careful crossing these train tracks, because she kind of plays along with it, like, oh, this is such a nice restaurant. Oh, I see the desk back there, actually. It's behind those frond, frond palms. <laughs> and he seats her, and they sit down. Oh, Dennis! <laughs> he was not expecting that. So Edward goes to sit down as Ricky is pulling the chair out for Edward to sit. But immediately as Edward starts sitting down, Ricky is already shoving the chair back into place. So it's like Edward sits down and the chair starts moving inward to the, ta on, to the table. Like, okay, I'm not, thank you, son. So Ricky says the waiter will be with you in a moment. He turns around to face the couch and the desk there that's behind the... 
plant, the potted plants, and he just turns around and I think he's got a mustache on. So he's like, I'm your waiter. So he says, my name is Richard. And he hands Edward the menu. And Edward is like, uh, listen, waiter, can you get the maitre d'? I'd like another table. And Ricky kind of elbows him like, Dad, come on here. <laughs> it's really cute. And, and Ricky, uh, Edward just laughs it off. <laughs> I'm just full. I'm just playing with you, son. It's cool. So Edward asks, like, what do you recommend? And I really cannot make out what Ricky says here. It's something. What is it? Hamburger and fries? <laughs> I don't know. But. Edward is like, you know what, I, I wouldn't mind, uh, you know, some seafood instead. And Ricky's like, Dad, come on. He keeps elbowing, like, Dad, you're ruining this for me, please. Okay, so Edward says, you know, Kate, I have a sudden craving for Chateau, what is it? Chateau, Chateau Brion. What is that? Ricky, what is that? I don't know what that is. <laughs> so I'm going to play this clip. This is just cute. So Ricky excuses himself and says, you want to get your salads. He hands Kate a dozen roses and he hands Richard, a Richard, Edward, he, Ricky hands Edward a little like boutonniere flower that would go in your um, lapel or just above the breast pocket. And Kate reads the card, and it's so sweet. It's to the most beautiful woman in the world. This is so... I I love this. And just as Ricky excuses himself, he also, before he leaves, right before he leaves the room, he turns the, the dial to dim the lights. And, of course, Edward definitely noticed that. Like, okay. They know that they've been set up. I mean, come on. And Kate finishes it with the little message says, Love, Edward. I'm sure Edward's like... Kate, I didn't write that. Just pretend that you did, Edward. And his note says, to the hand, most handsome man in the world. Does it say love Kate? I bet it does. So, Edward sets his card down, and he looks at Kate, and he's like, do you think, I have a feeling, but do you think that Ricky's trying to set us up, like, put us together? And at that moment... A man with a violin comes in and starts playing romantic music. Ricky pulled out all the stops from the candles to the elegant tablecloth to the flowers to the messages to the violinist. 
to everything. Just it's just he went to so much hard work to do this. says, Kate, do you feel like Ricky kind of is trying to set us up? And then the violinist comes in, and then Kate is like, nah, like, no, he he is. And Edward is just looking at Kate, and he's just so mesmerized by how beautiful she is. And he's like, have I told you how incredible you look tonight? And she's like, oh, um, yeah. And he's like, because you look incredible tonight. And they're just, oh, they're making the eye contact. And it's just so cute. I'm just, I'm rooting for them. I, I know, I guess, what happens down the road, which I probably already spoiled in a previous episode. But it's just so cute. I mean, I'm not only here to see, you know, little Ricky Stratton grow up and have fun and you know, solve his problems and everything, but also to see two grown adults who work together fall in love and then eventually date and get married and everything. And and just, this is so cute. I love how, even though this is, you know, the 11th episode, but it's still cute. And she, like, kind of pats his breast pocket and takes, like, the little scarf, like, she goes to take it out. But 
<laughs> Edward's got one of those, like, um, magic-type scarves, like, you keep pulling and pulling and pulling, and she's doing this, and she's like, gosh, is this ever gonna end? And she pulls out these heart boxer shorts, and Edward's got this look on his face, like, what? Oh, I didn't mean it for that, but no, he did. This is, you know, because he said he, the last time he wore that suit was when he was in college, when he was doing, like, a magic show. So, of course, that was probably left over from then. And he takes the underwear, and he's like, oh, Kate, I can't believe this. There's a bird in here. And he takes out this Herbie or Herbie the, the dove. And at first I thought the dove was real. He's like, fly away, Herbie. And I thought this dove, I could have sworn I thought it was moving. But no, he tosses it into the air and the dove crashes to the and of course Kate wasn't like oh my gosh Edward is it and Edward grabs that and he's like Kate don't worry it's he kind of slaps it on the table it's it's rubber it's it's Herbie's a rubber bird he's not real <laughs> it's just cute Herbie the rubber
Never. <laughs> Ever. Again. So Edward and Kate are sitting at the table and their faces are like mere inches apart from each other and she's just looking at him like, you are very unusual. And of course, that's when the, the violinist kind of drops in there and says, yeah, I'd say certifiable. <laughs> and Edward's like, serious? <laughs> so he, he's, he's looking at Kate and he says that... um. You know, I was going to do my magic act for Ricky later, but you bring out the magic in me. And Kate is really touched. Like, oh, wow. And I like that they both kind of say what they like about each other. And Edward, you know, and, and just, you know, the way that Edward lives his life. And he's happy that Kate sees him and doesn't look down on him for that and he likes that you know she's kind and caring and sweet and all these wonderful things and the one thing that he does bring up so we did get a little bit of inside information on Kate's last employer probably why he's been hesitant to even think of pursuing anything with her is because Kate's last em employer made a pass at her and she said when she started working for Edward that this was strictly just, you know, it was a job. That was it. It was just strictly a job and professionalism needed to be, like, nothing unprofessional should happen between them. And they're both letting their guards down. And they're just, they give in to each other and they they kiss and then they kind of break apart and it's like wow that probably shouldn't happen again but then they just they apparently can't get enough of each other because they kiss again and it's really sweet i mean i understand yes that they do work together and to have a relationship could complicate that i mean what if they had a relationship, didn't work out, and, you know, she ended up having to quit because of it. It could have gotten, things could have gotten very, very awkward, but it's just a kiss so far, that's it. It was kind of funny how when Edward says, Kate, you bring out the magic in me, that the violinist turns the violin around and starts playing it like a ukulele and singing black magic. Like, ugh. Edward just looks at the guy like, do you mind here? I'm trying to woo her. You're breaking our connection. This has got to be filmed in front of a live studio audience, isn't it? Because I heard someone coughing in the background. Unless that's like a stagehand or someone who's operating the camera or something. I just love also how Kate and Edward are trying to fight their... Their urges for each other. Because they're, you know, a man and a woman and everything. They're both dressed elegantly. Romantic music is playing. Ricky set this dinner up for them. And they're just fighting. It's like, we can't. We can't have this. Even though we both kind of really want to have this. And it's just, all the reasons that they can't is mainly because they work together. It would be unreasonable. It would be unethical. It, well, I don't know about unethical. But still, it just... 
But it's like, no, give it, give it a shot at least. I mean, I don't know how long she's been working for him, whether it's been very long or not, but there's an undeniable connection. You know, she respects him and what he does and she doesn't look down on him. And the fact that, you know, he had a son that's now living with him from, you know, a son that he had not known anything about for the last 12 years, she wholly accepted Ricky and just, you know, almost loves him like, you know, he, he's her own little boy. And the way that she treats him, it's just, it's so sweet. And I honestly feel that they're, Edward and Kate are very perfect for each other. Ricky does not sound anything like Edward. Comes around from behind the potted plant, and he's still got the mustache on. Where's the food? Where's the food? You don't need to worry about the food. They're kissing. They're kissing. So he comes over to the violinist and says, like something like, "Wow, this! I can't believe it." And the violinist is like wiping away a tear, like, "Yeah." I'm that good. And Ricky just looks at him, rolls his eyes to the heavens like, oh my goodness. And we get a little uh, stamp at the bottom that says to be continued. So this is going to be interesting. I believe the next episode is probably going to take place, whether is it the day after and Edward and Kate are like trying to figure out what that kiss possibly could mean. Like, but um, I'll uh, get into the episodes for next week. Alright, for my rating for this episode, I'm giving it 4 out of 5 <laughs> trains. One, for when Ricky asks his dad for advice on how to um, kind of cut things off with this person who's supposed, this girl who's supposedly in love with him. Uh, two, Ricky and Kate's talk the way that he... Uh, it says, like, you need a guy that's older and someone who's your height and everything. It's like, I know I'm hard to resist and everything, but you have to, you have to resist. And it's just, it was just so cute. And with the tissues, like, giving her a handful, like, here, here, just let it out. Let the tears fall. It's just, that was just so funny. And then, of course, him, um, Ricky's setting up the dinner for Edward and Kate was really cute. And him playing the little um, waiter with the mustache. Um, and the fourth one is Edward and Kate's kiss. Well, both of them. It was really, really sweet. And just them opening up and being honest with each other. Um, I knocked one off because Derek, again, giving Ricky bad advice and just... That boy does not need to be reading Cosmopolitan magazine, I'll tell you that right now. Um, for the Silver Spoonful, I just say, you know, if someone likes you and you don't have feelings for them back, just let them down gently, like Edward said. Just let them off, just, you know, respect their feelings and just say, I understand that you like me. Unfortunately, I don't reciprocate those feelings. You know, we could be friends or 
I hope that you'll find somebody better or, or I don't know, whatever. <laughs> but <laughs> that's, that's about it. Um, yeah. All right. Well, I am going to talk about the next two episodes for the upcoming week. Season 1, episode 12, Falling in Love Again. So this is the to-be-continued part. Despite the previous night's kiss, Edward and Kate start to feel defensive about their romance. When they both arrange grunge, or not grunge, grudge dates to make each other jealous, Ricky schemes to have his father crash Kate's date at Carnegie Hall. Let's see if there's anybody... John Riley Bob Danish and who I don't know who Scott Scotty Gladstone is. Is there anyone? No, that's about it. Oh, this is interesting trivia. We actually have trivia for next week's episode. So, <clears throat> all right, so. Season 1, episode 13, I'm going to be skipping over and then doing in December. The best Christmas ever. So we'll be skipping over that one. And then, so next week we'll be doing season 1, episode 2, Falling in Love Again. And season 1, episode 14, entitled, The Most Beautiful Girl in the World. <laughs> After Derek saves Ricky's life, he pressures Ricky to find him a date for a co-ed party. But when Ricky can't find any girls who are willing, he feels obli he feels obliged to pose as Derek's date. Whoa! <laughs> yeah. That would not fly today. <laughs> There's actually something in the trivia I thought about something like that. So, all right. Those episodes will be up. Next week, everyone have a wonderful, oh, you know what? I still gotta give a shout out to the podcast listeners. I'm sorry, it's like after 10 o'clock at night here. <laughs> here it is. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> Bellevue, Florida, Portage, Wisconsin, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, Springville, New York, Temple Hills, Maryland, Cleveland, Ohio, Los Angeles, California. Louisville, Kentucky. What are you doing, Glenn? Oh, you're cleaning your face. Good girl. And Mountain View, California. All right. Everyone have a great weekend. And I will be back next week with Season 1, Episode 12. Excuse me. Falling in love again. All right. Bye-bye, everyone. Together, we're gonna find our way Together, taking the time each day